Hi there, great to connect again today, this last Sunday before Christmas. Thank you for all those who joined in the Presswick Community Carol service the other night. It was great to just join together with other churches in the community of Presswick and celebrate this season. Also, let me encourage you to look forward to tonight, six o'clock, Fall of the Star, where we'll have our own Christmas presentation, we'll be able to sing some more carols and a lot of other things taking place. It's going to be great. Invite as many people as you can to come along. A great opportunity for invitation to friends to take place. Normally we'd be doing the nativity with the children here today amongst everything else we do on this Sunday, but it's not been feasible for us to do that just now. But that doesn't take away from the fact that this is still the season to be jolly. Fa la 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 la, la 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 la. You know, Christmas is still a season, even for those who don't have a faith in Jesus Christ, to feel inspired or different. There's a recognition that the Christmas season is different. It's a season of peace, goodwill to all men or all mankind, unless you're doing last minute shopping in the supermarkets where that seems to not count. Uh, similar experiences. But today, I just want to share a few thoughts from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1. I'm starting at verse 18. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. That's Matthew's record of the first Christmas. The gospel writers actually don't say that much about that first Christmas. Mark doesn't say anything at all. John, in his first chapter of the gospel, gives a, a theological expose about what it meant, how Jesus, as an expression of the word of God, the living word, came into planet earth and he stays, starts in the beginning. The word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. And then goes on further to say the word became human, made his home among us. I, Jesus, always existed. Jesus didn't begin his existence in Christmas morning, that first Christmas morning. He already existed in heaven, but he took on human form and came and made his home on earth with us for 33 years or so. 
bit already existed, but that's John's explanation. Luke is the romantic, nostalgic Hollywood description with angels singing angelic choirs, chorus to the shepherds in the field and the manger in the stable, almost like the idealistic white Christmas type of religious Christmas time experience, whereas Matthew is just more matter of fact, and he just states at the beginning, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born, and then goes on to explain, this is what happened. I'm not padding it up, I'm not romanticizing it, this is just how it happened. It's clear cut, it's straightforward with him, almost just like a step by step, this is it. This is, these are the facts and nothing else. But even though it's straightforward and clear cut in his explanation for Joseph, it was not, it was not clear cut, it was not straightforward. He was in a state of confusion. Christmas confusion abounded in his heart, in his mind, in his spirit. And maybe you're in a place of confusion this Christmas. Maybe you feel you're living in a climate of confusion. Even with light at the end of the tunnel through vaccine possibilities, there's so many so-called experts with varying opinions about this is right, that's right, that vaccine's good, this vaccine's not good, whatever. There seems to be so much confusion in our world today. But Joseph moved from confusion to conviction. And I want us this Christmas to move from a place of confusion to conviction that God is on the throne and God is at work in our life and God's plan is being worked out. The Bible says that Joseph was a good man. He was a good man, but he was not in a good place. And in this place of confusion, the Bible talks about his considerations. He moved from, from Christmas confusion to Christmas considerations. What do I do at this Christmas? Maybe you've got some Christmas considerations of what am I going to do? Who am I going to spend that time with? What am I going to buy? How am I going to pay for it? What will we meet? Joseph was in a place of confusion. And the Bible said he considered what was going on. He was considering, what do I do? And though I'm not minimizing all the difficulties around where we're at just now and maybe where you're at just now, I want to encourage you to get your eyes and minds off the, the confusion and get your minds focused on the Christ of the season. Not the things about the season, but the Christ, who's not just the Christ of this season, is the Christ for all seasons. Is a Christ for every season in life. Christmas seasons come and go usually once a year, but Christ, the Christ of Christmas is here and available and for us every season and we need to get our minds fixed on his plans and his thoughts and his purposes rather than what we are about. Joseph is considering what to do. What should I do? What is going on? And God spoke to him through the angel and spoke to him and this is what you should do. My prayer is as we spend time this Christmas focusing on what is right, God speaks into us and tells us the things that we should be doing. But the Bible encourages us to consider things. Joseph was in a place of considering what is going on. And the Bible tells us we should be considering things. And today I want to encourage you, instead of considering 
all the hassles and all the confusions and all the things that you see and use which bring you down or all the things about Christmas which just bring you to a place of distress. Let's change our focus. Let's change where we're looking at. Let's focus on Christ and on the Word of God because Christ is the living Word of God. And these are the things that we need to consider. Ecclesiastes 7 and 13 says, Consider what God has done. When times are good, be happy. I know some people and some Christians who can't be happy. They can't enjoy the blessing times because they think, oh, it's too good, something bad's going to happen. Just enjoy the fact that God's blessing is on you, His favor is on you, and things are good. But even in difficult times, God is still there. God is still in His throne. And God is still causing all things to work together for good to those who are called to His purpose, who love Him and are called to His purpose. If that's you, you can still consider that God is at work. Elihu spoke to Job, his friend, and we read it in Job chapter 37, and he says to him, pay attention to this, Job. Stop and consider the wonderful miracles of God. You know, in the confusions of our world, why don't we just spend time stopping and considering the wonderful miracles of God? Not just the Christmas miracle, but the wonders of his creation, the wonders of his salvation, just the incredible, wonderful miracles of a miracle-working God. Jesus, speaking to a bunch of people, we're reading Luke chapter 12, and this is a fitting one for Christmas. He says, life is more than food, and more, the body is more than clothes. And then he encourages us, consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. How much more valuable you are than the birds. Consider that God who feeds the birds in the the air is more focused on you. His provision is for you. You know, Samuel's last message to the people of Israel was this, be sure to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. Consider what great things he has done for you. I.e., my last words to you, people of God, is just consider the great things that God has done for you. It's easy to get caught up in all the not-so-good things, but we need to change our consideration and start considering the good things that God has done. And when we change our focus and change what we're focused on and what we're considering, we change from within. The writer to the Hebrews says that we should consider, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Stir up one another. Be concerned about one another. Encourage one another. Watch out for one another. Stimulate one another. Motivate one another. Pay attention to one another. Provoke one another in a good way. I.e. at Christmas, don't get caught up in you, but get caught up in how you can consider how you can bless somebody else, how you could encourage somebody else. You know, sometimes we focus on the wrong things. Philippians in chapter 3, Paul writes and explains about his zeal for the religious laws and his impressive CV and how he rose to prominence in religious circles and legal religious requirements. But he says, whatever I've gained, I consider it lost for the sake of Christ. 
He goes on, what's more, I consider everything lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ, my Lord. Whatever I've had or whatever I've lost, it's worthless, garbage compared with knowing Christ. You know, when everything else is maybe not going right, just consider that you've got Jesus Christ and you have a personal relationship with him. And even if other things are not as you had hoped or want, just think that the God of heaven has come down into our world and brought us into a personal relationship because we've experienced and accepted Jesus Christ. Knowing Jesus Christ is the greatest thing in my life. It's the greatest thing that I can think of and have a wow factor in my life that I know Jesus Christ is a personal saviour. See, in the confusion of life, God speaks into Joseph. Today, in your confusion of Christmas, let God speak into your life. And even if it's not all we'd hoped it to be, even if Christmas is not what we'd planned, the year's not been we'd planned, the writer to the Hebrews in chapter 12 encourages us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endures such opposition from sinners, so you not grow weary and lose heart. This Christmas, let your consideration primarily be him. Joseph was not in a good place. He's considering all the stuff and the consequences of what's going on with him and his fiancée, Mary. The love of his life, his fiancée, his soulmate, and she's pregnant, not by him, and he's wondering and planning to divorce her. He goes to bed at night. He's already googled confused.com because that's where he's at for help. He's lying in bed with a playlist of Engelbert singing, please release me, let me go, followed by Tammy Wynette, D-I-V-O-R-C-E. That's his playlist. That's where he's at. He's in a bad place. But God speaks into his life and changes his considerations to that, to the plan and purpose of God that God is working out in his life, that God is all over his life. And today, encourage you, let me encourage you, Instead of the confusion, focus on what God has done for you. Focus on the miracles of God. Focus on the fact that you're more valuable than the ravens who he feeds. Consider how great things he's done for you. Consider whatever's going on in life that you know Jesus Christ is your saviour. And above all, this Christmas, consider him. Focus on Jesus Christ. Above all things, let Jesus Christ be the centre of your Christmas. This season, next season, every season, let Jesus Christ be the center. Above everything, let us consider Jesus. And what do we want to consider about? You might consider him as a baby, God in flesh, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity, please as man with man to dwell, Jesus, our Emmanuel. Consider him as a baby. 
consider him as a man who grew up and went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Truly, he taught us to love one another. His law, his love, and his gospel is peace. Consider him as a baby. Consider him as a man. Consider him as a lamb upon a cross, beaten to a pulp, hung on a Roman cross with nails driven into his feet and his hands and a sword in his side. The pains of sin and death he fought and with his blood mankind he bought. The chorus, what child is this? His nails, spear shall pierce him through. The cross be born for me, for you. Yes, consider him as a baby. Consider him as a man. Consider him as a lamb on a cross beating for you. But consider him as a lie who rose three days after he was beaten to a pulp and crucified. He rose. He conquered sin, death, hell, and the grave. Light and life to all he brings. Risen with healing in his wings. Consider him as a baby. Consider him as a man. Consider him as a lamb on the cross. Consider him as a lion of the tribe of Judah. Consider him as the one who's seated at the right hand of the Father at the place of highest honor. Jesus, Messiah, name above all names. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. This Christmas, yes, consider him as a baby. Consider him as a man. Consider him on a cross. Consider him risen from the dead. Consider him seated and ruling and reigning from the highest place of honor. He came as a baby, but that was only part of the process. Forever and forever and forever, he has a place of highest honor, seated in the heavenly realm beside the Father God and ruling from a throne in heaven. Hallelujah. That is the Christ we worship not the Christ of the baby. The story of Christmas is he came to redeem mankind and he is seated down in the place of highest honor and we worship him this Christmas. Christmas confusion for Joseph revealed his Christmas considerations but then he had to make a Christmas commitment. When Joseph woke up that's a preaching itself, but we're not going to go there today. He woke up to the fact that even in the midst of all his confusion, God was in control. That God was working out his plans and purposes for Joseph. And today, maybe you're in a place of confusion, but I really do want to encourage you, if you focus on him and start focusing on his word and his name, you'll realize that God is at work in your life in ways you don't even understand. And Joseph had a choice to make. Do I do what seems reasonable and logical and save my reputation? Or do I do what God is asking me to do? Today, this Christmas, you might be in a place of confusion. Wanted to change your consideration but maybe God's asking you to make a Christmas commitment. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your saviour, if you've just tuned in because it's Christmas, but you've never really experienced or acknowledged what Christmas was all about, it wasn't about the baby, 
He was born to come and die on a cross for your salvation, to take your punishment so that you could receive the gift of eternal life by accepting him as saviour. Maybe that's the commitment you need to make today. Maybe that's what God is speaking to you right now. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ, you can do that right now and you can make a commitment which won't just change your life here on earth, but it will change your eternal destiny so that you can spend eternity in heaven with him. But maybe you're a follower of Jesus Christ, but God is still speaking to you at this Christmas time. If you forget all the hassle of what's going on, the deeper meaning is God coming in to have a relationship with you where you acknowledge him as Lord and Saviour. And if he's Lord of your life, then we sometimes need to do things like, Joseph, I'll say yes, God, to what you're asking me to do. Despite what people might say, despite what others might think, I'm going to say yes this Christmas to what you're asking me to do. Maybe God's been asking you to do something and you've resisted. Maybe you're just confused about what it all means. We simply have to say, yes, Lord, whatever you're asking me to do. This Christmas, I'm giving you a gift of saying, yes, Lord, I'm doing what you've asked me to do. You know, Jesus came into the world because he said, yes, I'll be the answer to mankind's problem. And years later, we are still embracing the joy of Jesus saying yes. Joseph said yes. And we still, years later, think about the impact of Joseph's decision on our life. Today, whatever God is asking you to do, if you say yes, it's not only for you, but it could impact generations to come. This Christmas, you might be similar to Joseph. I don't know what's going on. I'm confused. I really haven't a clue. My mind's all over the place. Just pause for a moment and just change your focus and let's focus on him for a moment. And in these moments, I'm just going to ask God just to drop a word into your life, into your heart. to let you know that he is all over your life right now. And what you think is a difficult place, God is at work behind the scenes in ways you can't imagine. We just simply yield to him and say, yes, Lord. Whatever it is you're asking me to do, I say, yes, Lord. Father God, I pray right now for everyone who's listening, for those who don't know you as saviour, I pray, Father God, that they will accept you. They will recognize that Jesus came into the world to save sinners, to seek and to save those who are lost, not to be born in a manger and stay there, but to become the savior of the world, to bring joy to the world. I pray, Lord, that those who you're speaking to right now will just yield themselves to you but I pray for all of us, whatever you're asking us to do, 
Father, I recognize you're asking some of us to do difficult things this Christmas season. But Lord, I pray you'll give us the courage and the strength to say yes. Like Joseph did in his confusion. He still said, yes, I'm willing to yield to you. Father, I thank you for the blessings of Christmas. I thank you for the joy, the peace message all around it. I thank you that Jesus stepped into my world, not just the world, but he stepped into my world and brought salvation to me. And that I have a living relationship with a living God through Jesus. Help that to be my prime consideration above everything else and how I can bring honor and glory to you in this season and every season. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing a great song to finish with. I trust you have a great Christmas time. God bless you.